Welcome to Opt In with April Jasper. Relevant conversations about topics important to eye care providers today. Before neural lenses, I always had eye strain, eye dryness, eye fatigue, moderate to severe headaches. I had to take prescription medication. It was to the point where I guess they'd want me to sit down and color or read them books, and I couldn't. I couldn't do nothing. When I got my neural lenses, my headache went away. I wasn't taking Tylenol anymore. Can't explain it, but it worked. I would pay double for my neural lenses because I can't go a day without them. Welcome everyone. I'm so glad that you're back to listen to our podcast. And I'm joined today by a good friend, Dave Sattler. And many of you remember Dave from his days with Alcon. It's interesting because as I read his a little bit of his biography to you, I think what you're going to see and think with me is I kind of see this, Dave, and I, I read it and I see those days that you have been a part of our life and a part of optometry. And I kind of replay them in my head because they're the days I've been in optometry as well. And I just want you to know before we get started, how much I appreciate you being with me and Dave on this podcast. Thank you so much. So Dave Sattler began his career with Alcon in 1986 as a sales rep for the vision care group based out of San Diego, California. While living in Southern California, he held a number of positions with increasing responsibility, including regional broker manager, national account manager, and district sales manager. In 1991, Dave was promoted to Director of National Accounts and relocated to Alcon's corporate headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas. In this position, he was responsible for sales management and marketing activities for corporate optical chain accounts, HMOs, and optometry schools. In 2001, he was promoted to Director of Professional Relations. Peer-to-peer -peer professional marketing was added to his list of responsibilities in 2010, and in 2011, Dave's role as the Director of Professional Relations became more focused on academic development and strategic initiatives with eye care professionals. After 28 years of service, Dave retired from Alcon in 2014 and is now running his own consulting business. So Dave is now a fellow of the American Academy of Optometry and is currently serving as a board member for the American Academy of Optometry Foundation and the Southern College of Optometry. He previously served eight years as a board member for Optometry Cares, the American Optometric Association's foundation. And in 2015, the Optometric Management Trade Journal recognized Dave as one of the top 50 most influential people who have made significant contributions to the profession of optometry. Dave, what I also love about you is that you are extremely athletic. He was a professional ski instructor at Breckenridge, Colorado, and uh, his wife, he and his wife, Denise, reside in Colleyville. Did I say that right, Dave? You sure did, right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm -hmm. I love it. And you have three grown daughters and three grandchildren. Wow. I love reading that because like I said, I feel like I was part of that in some way. Dave, you have had such an influence on so many of us and just a kind heart, one of the nicest people I know. So it's just a, a joy to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you, April. That was nice. Appreciate that. So I want everyone to kind of learn a little bit more about you and what you're doing today, and then it'll kind of roll right into what we want to talk about as we continue the podcast. So tell us a little bit more about you, Dave. Well, I think uh, the, the bio kind of goes back historical, but since retiring, I have been kept uh, uh, keeping myself busy with uh, a lot of out, outside activities, so, some things that I didn't have a lot of time for when I was with Alcon. 
So I've taken up golf, one of those challenging sports that you never excel at, but you're always trying to get a better score every time and uh, enjoying it immensely. So uh, I'm doing that. Also, uh, we, we do quite a bit of traveling, which was put on hold over the last couple of years. And we're now trying to you know, take advantage of some of those trips that we had previously planned. And we were trying to you know, start ramping that up again. So We've got a family trip coming up here to this summer to Hawaii with our whole family and then wow. uh, some trips abroad later in the year. So excited to start doing that again. I also do a little bit of consulting in, in iCure specifically um, and then serve on the Academy Board, Southern College Board. And uh, I also was on the board for a local, uh, 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 I guess you would call it a, uh, a private practice group that was called First Eye Care and, and uh I exited out of that about a year ago when some of the partners uh, sold out to private equity. So, so that was fun to, to stay involved and stay engaged and, and still enjoy seeing a lot of my uh, good, good friends and colleagues that, that I worked with for many years at Alcon. So I still stay a little engaged in the business. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I've always loved about you is you're very aware and insightful. So you're aware of what's going on, meaning you can look at our businesses and kind of see where our, our challenges are. And I love the insights that you can give us about what we can do better and how we can continue to improve. So I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to ask you, what do you see as the three biggest challenges that eye care providers face today? Well, the eye care providers, I, I hear it from them directly and it all revolves around staff. So number one, being able to hire staff, and that's a challenge hiring any position. You see, you know, you know, open vacancy signs everywhere you go, but specifically in eye care, hiring the staff, training the staff, and then keeping the staff. So those three things really are, are top of mind to, to many practitioners I speak with. I hear about it all the time. And I can tell you not a phone call with a friend or colleague that's in the business goes by without a conversation about their staff, their team members, and, and those exact challenges. You're right on. So Dave, you know, we mentioned in your bio and, and I don't know if folks know that about me as well, but you and I both serve on the American of American Academy of Optometry's foundation board. And there are several new projects that they have just rolled out and new uh, tools that they have. And one of them you've been very involved in, and I really wanted you to talk about that. So the fact that the, one of the biggest challenges we face also happens to be a, a one of the things that this is a solution for is really kind of cool to me. So can you tell us a little bit more about the staff training programs that you've been involved with uh, for the Academy? You, you bet. And, and so really, it, it really culminated from some due diligence that the Academy did before we started developing new programs. And these are added value programs to membership as an Academy member. Uh, and, and it's the whole issues evolve, revolving around staff and training bubbled up as an area of opportunity. Not to say there isn't a lot of training programs already available, right. but nothing really met the goal that a lot of doctors were saying they needed. They say, hey, I'm hiring somebody new. They can't really even speak the language. And I'm putting them in a kind of a shadowing type of a, a format, hoping that they absorb everything over the first two or three weeks and then eventually start taking over in whatever area they're put into the practice. The problem with that is that's like going abroad and trying to go to a country and not understand any words and understand the language at all. It's much right. more di difficult doing that. And so 
we were trying to say, what could we do to enhance that effort and provide some consistency? And that's a really key word. If you can systemize the process, provide some consistency to training and knowing that it's going to be the same way for everybody, not dependent on this person being a good trainer, giving good training to a new individual, and maybe another person is not as good of a trainer. That's what we were trying to do. We're not trying to get rid of the hands-on because that's so important. What we are trying to do is provide, again, some consistency in a format that gets people ramped up much more quicker, provides those fundamentals, if you will, that they can build upon. And we felt that if we could do that in such a way, it might address some of those areas of of, um, of, of problem issues that you said, yeah. what are the three biggest opportunity areas revolving around staff? And that's retention. If somebody is frustrated in the job, they're more likely to leave and look at something else to make another 50 cents an hour more. If we can keep engaged earlier, they're more likely, hopefully, to stay and be uh, you know, a very important part of, of the practice. So that, that's kind of how the program you know, evolved and in, in, in how we got it started. So how can someone that's listening take advantage of this program? And I guess the question is, is it open to anyone? And if so, then how do they get started? Well, well, at this point in time, it's available to all American Academy of Optometry members or fellows. Don't have to be a fellow. As long as you're a member of the Academy, you can get access. You can get access to your entire staff. So as long as you're a member, you can get access and it is free. There is no additional charge. It is truly a member benefit. So that's the easy part. Um, I, I think one thing that we, we kind of jumped over here is, you know, what is the training? There's a lot of modules in this. And so if, you, if it's okay, I'd like to kind of highlight what those modules are. Yes. So people have an idea of the scope of this initiative. Now, keep in mind, each one of these modules are very concise. They're easy to understand. They're, it's something that somebody who, who's brand new to the field can grasp. It's not going to be way over their head. So we built it accordingly. And it starts out with the basics. So the first module is eye anatomy. And all of these modules are the top one, the longest one I should say would take about 45 minutes to complete. The shortest one, maybe 15 to 20. So it's all doable in a a very succinct way. So the the hopes are, as we go through these, and I will list each one of them, the hopes is that if somebody's brand new to the practice, that we can get this process started on day one, within the first couple of weeks, they could have it knocked out. They did even just one a night, yeah. you know, one a night, they could get it knocked out in the first couple of weeks. And the faster that we get them through all these modules, the easier I think that hands-on training will become. So I mentioned ocular anatomy. Then we've got ocular disease basics. We've got dry eye and ocular health, lensometry, lens types, lens materials, frame styles and materials. Then we move on to contact lens overview, properties of contact lenses, basics of refractive surgery, the cataract patient journey, front desk basics, telephone etiquette, uh, new dispenser quick start, then records and compliance, and finally ending up with healthcare healthcare compliance laws. So wanna wanna keep everybody on the right side of the fence. So it, it, it kind of, it's, it's set up in a way that it, it, it really makes logical sense on how we've laid it out in terms of how they, everything builds on one another, kind of finishing up with the compliance stuff that is stuff you got to know, but it's not the most fun part of what we do. 
So that, that's, that's the whole program. Now, I, I would also mention, you don't have to take all of these modules. You, know, you can cherry pick if you want it. So maybe somebody in the practice has spent most of their time in a specific area, but maybe they haven't dealt with, oh, you know, maybe they haven't dealt with contact lenses. So have them, have them do two or three of the modules on contact lenses. So the idea here is it's designed for, to complete all of them, but you can cherry pick them one at a time. If somebody does complete all of them, they'll get a nice little certificate from the academy stating they've, uh, they've completed the entire course, which is kind of a neat thing wow. to do. Oh, I think that's fabulous. My team, I think, will, they've always loved the idea of the certificates. I love the idea of a bonus or some sort of incentive for getting certificates. So I think that would be fabulous for everyone to implement. Well, it's interesting you say that because I had a a nice discussion with uh, some of my colleagues at Southern College where I serve on their board. And Dr. Venable kind of oversees all of their their clinics and their staff. And he's, uh, he's working with some of the other people that um, that run those particular clinics, and they're just now implementing the program. He's doing something very similar where they're going to get their certificate, which is nice, but he's going to also provide a small little token of appreciation, monetary, monetary bonus, if you will, upon completion, which I think is a nice nice little carrot, if you will, to do that. Yes. Uh, so, so somebody's thinking the same way you are as well. So Dave, I have heard people say to me in the past with uh, projects like this or with opportunities, I would like to say like this, what do I do if I don't know for sure that that staff member is going to stay with me long-term? And I'm not asking for a long answer, but I, and I can tell you what I tell them. So let me say it a different way. The question is, why should I invest in my team when I don't know for sure that they're going to be with me long-term? Ah, well, that's, uh... (laughs) That's always a question mark. That's the whole idea, you know, whole question even regarding staffing. When's it time to hire more staff versus always trying to play catch up? And sometimes you just you just got to you, you've got to be confident in yourself to know that if this is something that's good to do, then somebody may leave and they probably will over the course of years. But the benefits that you'll get for the folks that do complete it will far outweigh that one or two people that maybe don't stay as long as you would hope. Yep. So I try to take a, take a positive approach on this sort of thing, saying th- this systemizes my, my, uh, my training for staff. Yes. We'll get them up to speed a little bit quicker. And the, the, uh, the benefits far outweigh the risks of somebody leaving, I think. Yes, I love that. And I knew you would respond that way. So just so everybody knows, Dave did not have these questions ahead. This one is not, this one was on the spot. And I love how you answered it. And the way I like to answer it is, you know, to say, I, I don't know that we can afford not to train them. And uh, you said it perfectly. If, if we don't know, and you don't ever know what the future holds, but does that mean that you leave your team without the, the skills to do a great job when they're there with you? So I love that we, we have this available to us. And Dave, I know that you're very modest in the fact that you haven't had uh, much of a comment about your role in it, but you've had a great deal to do with putting this together. And and I can tell you, I appreciate it. So now we've got everybody really eager to get started. How do we uh, get them to the right place to get started with these, uh, with this program? Well, it's very, very simple to enroll. Again, as Academy member, you you would just, uh, you would just go directly to the American Academy of Optometry website and you want to go over to the foundation side, and that's where we house a lot of these new programs. 
and there is a place to click on new programs. And that drives you right into uh, six new programs that, that, that the Academy is currently launching, this being one of them. And then you just drive into the uh, fundamentals of staff training. I think we're going to, for those viewers that, uh, that might be uh, online looking at this, there'll be a link. But for those just listening, again, go to the Academy website, go to uh, the foundation, then new programs, and you'll find uh, fundamentals of staff training sitting there. That's perfect. So one of the things I thought about, another question that came up, somebody said to me, I am cer certainly eager to have my team go through more staff training um, processes and programs such as this, but I don't know how to find time. So what are some of the options that you can think of, Dave, or maybe you've heard from others that they utilize to create a way to enable their teams to be able to do this training? Uh, if I understand your question correctly, is where would you put it into the into the, the day, day or, yeah. or into the program? Wow, I think everybody might look at this a little bit differently. But how I would suggest doing it is, I would suggest doing it as um, you know, people are fresher in the morning yes. than they are at the end of the day, yep. especially when you're new, learning a, a, a new job, and then you know, asking somebody to take it home and do it at night. This is training. And I remember working at Alcon, we would we would provide training courses and it was part of your day. You, you weren't asked to work all day and then do your training at night. We would have a dedicated event and that might be a half a day uh, get together, focus group, training programs, maybe some online, maybe some live. It was part of our day. I would recommend having it uh, done the first day. In fact, I think it would be difficult coming in and not understanding you know, the eye anatomy and then yeah. start talking about different things right. in an exam. And first day I would be lost. So I would say, Hey, you know, intro to the practice, meet everybody. And then for the first hour, please do this eye anatomy course. And then after we complete it together, then we can, we can actually talk and reinforce it as we go through. So I would start the day with a, with a module and then follow up with the hands-on. I think it might make more sense. I love that. And if you heard the course titles that Dave read to you, and you can see them obviously on the website, they are perfect for exactly what he's saying to get somebody started from day one. And uh, I'd like the other idea you mentioned, Dave, which was maybe even do this as a group after someone has had a chance to do it alone. So maybe you've got people in your practice that have been there for 10 years. And so you're thinking, well, they probably don't need to do eye anatomy. Well, I would encourage you to get everybody together. We're always looking for uh, topics and for uh, tools to use for staff training meetings. So why not do it as a group as well? And then it'll stimulate conversation. You can talk through how this is relevant to your practice, because I love the one about front desk, you know, the one uh, on the cataract patient journey. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to learn. And I think that what would make it even better and more valuable is to be able to talk about how you're actually going to implement and utilize that tool and the, the things it talked about in your own practice. So I like that idea too. That was really Super. good. Yeah. So in closing, I think we've given people a lot of information. I know they're going to be eager to go in and, and do these courses. Very easy for your team to accomplish. I love the way they're put together, Dave. But in closing, what advice would you give to the optometrist of 2022 and beyond? Well, I, I think I, I kind of take a more of a positive approach on things, optimist, 
optimistic approach on things. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful profession. I know that as long as I was involved with it, we are always looking for, we're always looking at, you know, this is, this is something that, that everybody has a need for at yes. some point in their life from a young child through, through an aging adult, we, we need eye care. We, and we need, we need to understand our eye care and we need to have that regular contact with our practitioners to understand that. Yeah. I'm not an optometrist, but working in the business and looking at it from my perspective, there's so much opportunity because optometrists today have, have so many different varieties of opportunities and, and they, can, they can treat eye disease, they can manage uh, surgical patients, they can treat and, and, and handle all the fundamental things for taking care of vision correction. So it's a really exciting and fun profession. And I, I would just say, don't get boggled down into all the hassles, you know, keeping your staff. Well, that's why these programs we're doing is totally take those things off your plate so you can focus on engaging with the patient and, 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 and hopefully, um, you, know, uh, you know, really dr driving regular visits with your patients so that they're not, you're not missing areas of opportunity as people age. And it's so easy to, you know, to, you know, to have somebody uh, not understand that, but if you're engaging with your patient and informing them of, of what's the horizon going to look like for them as and, and sharing that, yeah. I, I think that that's what keeps people coming back on a regular basis. And then you, the, you can use all your talents to, uh, you know, to take care of them in the best way that you possibly can. So I'm very optimistic of the profession, very optimistic with optometry specifically. Yep. So um, I guess that's my recommendation is stay positive and don't get hung up in, in some of the things that can dra drag us down a lot of times, all the insurance issues and the coding and the billing and, and staff, you know, coming and leaving. We can get yes. through that. We've got tools to help us with that, but just stay positive. You know, Dave, you've been doing this for a little while, meaning you've seen uh, optometrists, ophthalmologists too. You've worked with all of us, but I, I know that you've seen us come into the profession. You've seen people retire. It seems like a lot of these challenges that we have have been the same over the last 20 years. Would you say that's the case? Absolutely. It seems like you, you hear the same things over and over and over again. So I guess in, in, in knowing that yeah. people have traveled down this road previously and they've come out in a very good way. So, um, you know, uh, as I said, you know, stay positive, uh, you know, stay, stay on top of things, keep your education up, stay current. And that's what'll make it fun. I love it. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. I know everybody that's listening uh, we've all had a chance to work with you over the years. I'm so glad that you are so engaged in everything that we're doing. And I love working with you on the American Academy of Optometry's Foundation Board. And uh, I appreciate you bringing this information to people because this is something that truly can change their practice and bring value to their practice. I think it's a wonderful way to uh, be able to help all of us to bring our practice to the next level. You're welcome. And thanks for the opportunity, April. I appreciate it very much. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromicell, the only supplement with the exclusive patent 
on all three macular carotenoids and micromicell technology. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Opt-In with Dr. April Jasper.